This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Hello and welcome back to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters from Bobsled Marketing. Thanks for joining me today. Today, we're doing something a little bit different on the show. I'm replaying a session that myself and a colleague from Bobsled Marketing, Matteo Bizon, who is one of our PPC specialists, we presented at an event last week by a great company called First Mover, which is an education company for the e-commerce industry. We presented at one of First Mover's events on the topic of Instacart. And Matteo and myself, our presentation to the group was specifically about Instacart advertising and measuring what really matters. And we have a very strong point of view on this topic that objectives really matter and the KPIs and metrics that you're actually measuring for your Instacart advertising and for any channel for that matter are very important. It's an issue that we see a lot of brands making in our work at Bobsled is not being clear on what their objective is, and that can differ across your assortment by channel. It's fine if you have a different objective for your brand new products that you're just launching and you're looking to grow market share versus your cash cow products, for example. It's fine to have different objectives across your assortment and channels, but you have to have an understanding of what those objectives are and have buy-in for them. And then the KPIs and metrics must correspond to those objectives. All too often we see the most legible metrics like ACOS show up and, and be the focal point for a lot of brands. And the reality is ACOS is not the best metric if you're looking to grow market share, for example. So we're very passionate about this topic. We came up with a framework. We borrowed a framework, a management framework called Measure What Matters, and we applied that to Instacart advertising. So I'm going to replay the session that Matteo and myself did. I think that there's some parts where Matteo in particular has tried to explain a concept that we've illustrated on a screen We've tried to make that as audio only friendly as possible, but you can also find some really great content on this topic on our website at bobsledmarketing.com, where we also have a two-page cheat sheet of all the Instacart metrics that we like to track organized by objective. So go to bobsledmarketing.com and just search the website there for Instacart, and you should be able to find that cheat sheet. Without further ado, let's listen back to the conversation with me and Matteo Bison. So hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having us. I'm Kiri Masters, the founder of Bobsled Marketing. We're an agency that works with established consumer brands to grow their Amazon, Walmart, and Instacart channels. And last year in February, I published a book called Amazon for CMOs, which I kind of knew at the time that it launched that it would be kind of a hopeless task to keep it up to date. And sure enough, here we are one year later and so much has changed. 
But I'm pleased to say that some predictions came true as well, like Instacart launching display ads and more content capabilities for brands. But a lot of the fundamentals from that book are the same, particularly around the discipline required to track business fundamentals and metrics and act on them. And that's what Matteo, my colleague, and I are going to be talking about today. So what we're going to get through today is introducing this concept of measure what matters, which is a metric framework, looking at these main objectives of growth and profitability and why it's our belief that you need to be very deliberate about which one you focus on. We also have a KPI framework around Instacart that we'll share with you and share how to use this information in your company. So first of all, what is Measure What Matters? I'm a business owner and a bit of a junkie when it comes to learning about management philosophies and frameworks. And one that I recently became intrigued by is this one called Measure What Matters, which is by the author John Doerr. And John Doerr first learned about the system of objectives and key results or OKRs from Andy Grove at Intel, where it was used to great effect. And Andy Grove was a management sort of guru in his own right. And John Doerr became a disciple of that measurement gospel, if you will, and then took the system of OKRs and implemented that concept at Google, which has been the most successful case study of OKRs to date. And so in this book, Dor builds the case for OKRs and gives us some tools to use that approach with actionable advice and a lot of examples. So I do really recommend reading through reading this book if you find it the concept to be helpful today. So what is an OKR? Here we have an objective and five key results. So key results are not just a collection of steps to achieve the objective. They are not a plan necessarily, but can be achievements in themselves. And that's why they are usually a mix of inputs or processes like practice pit stops, one hour per day. That is a input. And output Outputs are outcomes of said processes, like reduce pit stop errors by 50%. So key results are, easy way of framing this, to the best of your current knowledge, the way to achieve the objective. Let's put this into a bit more of a business context. So this one's from Google, and the objective is to increase sales by 50% over last quarter. You can see there's four key results which are, again, a mixture of inputs and outputs that are going to help Google get to achieving that 50% sales growth. So the reason why I've belabored this point a little bit about the difference between objectives and key results is that in our work with brands at Bobsled, we often see this conflated. We see objectives and key results conflated. And something that Chris actually says that I think it really illustrates this is growth is not a strategy. And it's one of the traps that a lot of brands fall into is thinking of growth as a strategy. It's not a strategy. It is an outcome of a strategy. So let's simplify what your company's overall commercial objectives are going to be around. It's our view at Bobsled. It is either growth or profitability. And 
to be fair, you may have other corporate objectives in there too, like environmental sustainability or a great employee experience. But from a commercial perspective, our objectives are really things like growing market share, brand recognition, or something as specific as a target contribution margin. And all of those things relate back to those two overarching objectives, growth or profitability. Growth and profitability are the two ultimate objectives of any brand selling on any platform. And something that we've learned, again, at Bobsled over the years is that there's trade-offs between those two objectives, particularly around advertising performance. And this is true for any platform, Instacart, Amazon, wherever. So if you think about a pair of scales, as I deploy strategies like below the line advertising, my profitability takes a hit. If instead I focus on profitability, we'll generally need to take actions that reduce our growth rate. So let me explain that with an example, which might be a little clearer. Sometimes our clients or prospects ask if we can increase their ROAS to a certain number. Want a ROAS of 20? Sure, we can just bid on every long tail, high intent branded search term, which will basically attract no net new customers, but it will get you that ROAS of 20. But you're not really going to be growing at all with that strategy. That's not going to bring you any incremental sales. So that may not be a problem if that brand is focused purely on profit. But if they have a growth objective like growing market share, we are not going to get there with a ROAS target like that. Sometimes I hear a cry of, but what about profitable growth? Okay, but you need to accept that your results are going to be diluted across profit and growth objectives. This is where that scale kind of comes into balance. You're not going to be getting spectacular profit. You're not going to get spectacular growth if you're trying to focus on two things. So that is something that if that is the requirement, the outcome is a need to accept muted returns in profitability and growth accordingly. And another question I get on this is whether there can be different objectives across your assortment, across channels. And I think absolutely. Launching a new sub-brand generally calls for a growth objective. You want to launch that brand and build recognition. Whereas the cash cow products in your assortment will generally call for profitability. You want to milk those cash cows. So you might have a different mix of profitability and growth goals within your assortment. And the same is true for sales channels. Instacart might be an emerging channel for you. You might be willing to take a little bit of a hit on profitability for that channel versus a cash cow channel of traditional media, for example. So I'm going to turn over to my colleague, Matteo now, who is a PPC specialist at Bobsled Marketing to explain how we think about this framework of objectives and key results in the context of Instacart advertising in particular. Thank you, Kiri. So yes, in the slide, we can see the main objectives of growth and profitability, which, as Kiri mentioned, are, in our view, separate. And we try to understand what are the main KPIs, the factors, the key results that really influence growth on the one hand, 
and those that influence profitability on the other to build a clear picture of what we need to do to get those results. So growth is, in our opinion, mostly achieved through our ability to increase market share consistently. And in relation to advertising efforts specifically, this is very tightly connected to advertising incrementality. On the other hand, profitability is achieved through a strong lifetime value for each of our customers so as to bring in revenue over a longer period of time and our ability to have a strong total ROAS. But how did we come up with this framework? So Kiri and I and our wider team of PPC specialists at Bobsled started to analyze the key levers that we usually utilize at Bobsled to drive results for our book of clients. And specifically for this project and also in general, we generally try to get as many data points as we can, both from Instacart itself through the advertising console, but also from third-party tools that integrate with Instacart. And in this case, we partner with Backview for this. So after analyzing all these data points, after organizing and categorizing these different KPIs, we tried really to determine the cause and effect relationships that link each of the KPIs themselves together. And the objective of this is to really understand what are the key results and the KPIs that we are able to influence, that we can control, and that we can, of course, improve to have a better performance. And this is really a good example of the analytical approach that we apply to advertising as an agency, both on Instacart, Amazon, and Walmart. And of course, apart from applying the best practices in terms of campaign creation, campaign optimization, we really strive to be as data-driven as possible to make our clients succeed and to help our clients reach their business goals. So yeah, before we jump into the insights that we have prepared for you, I just wanted to let you know that we can really relax and listen to this presentation without worrying about taking notes because after this session, we will be handing out a two-page cheat sheet with a summary of the main points that we will discuss here. That said, let's go back to our main framework that we have determined. So you can see that we have growth, on the left side and profitability on the right side. According to the OKR framework, we see different levels that are associated with different factors. So growth is mainly market share and advertising incrementality, as I've said, and profitability, total ROAS and LTV. All the other parameters that you see listed below are in some way responsible for the outcome that you see on the O level, so the objective level. And in this presentation, we will be focusing mainly on some of them, which are budget, our ability to control the CPC through an appropriate level of bidding, both in terms of growth and for profitability. We will see some scenarios. And another one that we will be focusing on is repeat purchase behavior. But before we jump into the true insights, I just wanted to pull up this data that we have gathered directly from the Instacart website. And these are actually very important data points that are, of course, analyzed and calculated by 
Instacart themselves based on the performance and on the behavior of the users on their platform. So the most important thing that I would like to point out here is the last point. So you can see that 40% of all clicks and search results come from the top three feature products placements. And this is really fundamental to understand because it helps us understand how we can improve our visibility and awareness and how we can bring more traffic to our product pages as well. So without going into the technicalities of feature products, the main concept that I would like to convey here is that the more we are willing to bid for a keyword, the more we are willing to be aggressive on a certain keyword, the higher the chances for us to appear at the top of the page. And this really translates into the benefits that you see listed here. So with this knowledge in mind, let's jump into some use cases, some real examples that come from some of our clients. And I would like to start by focusing on market share under our main goal of growth. And the key result that we are analyzing here and bringing as an example is how budgets can be managed effectively and how budgets also influence our ability to play around with CPC. So the chart you see on the screen is a representation of one of our clients' performance over time. And you can see that there is, as data points, we have the ad spend, the total sales, and their share of the top three placements on the results page. So those most important placements that bring the most of the impressions and the most of the traffic. So this client is a client that sells ready-to-go meals in the meat alternative category. And for them, it is really important to grow their market share. What can be assumed from this chart? So first of all, there is, of course, the basic relationship between the available budget, the ad spend that we have, and the total sales. So we need to consider that advertising incrementality on Instacart is very much determined by the combination of the available search volume for specific keywords or people browsing in the aisles related to our products and having a healthy distribution in stores. So as a general rule, if a category in the market presents the right level of advertising incrementality based on those two parameters, our growth is actually only limited by the level of ad spend that we are capable of investing. And what does budget mean for us? So first of all, the main impact that we have on growth, thanks to budget, is that our campaigns do not exhaust their daily budget early in the day if we have an appropriate budget. So we do not risk going dark during the day, leaving all the best placements to our competitors for the remaining hours of the day. But also, if we have a higher budget available, we are actually able to be much more aggressive with our bids. And in this way, we can make sure that we always stay competitive in the auction for the most important placements. And we can achieve visibility, traffic, and first-time buyers. So one of the things that often happens in this scenario is that we want to be very aggressive on some specific terms. And sometimes it happens that, of course, a client might log in into their advertising console that we are managing, and they will see some very high bids, and they will be really taken aback by the level of the aggressive bids that we set. But we 
need to remember that actually Instacart works on a second price auction model. So we are not actually going to pay what we are bidding, let's say $7 for a specific keyword, but actually we're going to pay only one cent more than the strongest bidder, which in this case might be two or $3 because there are no other strong competitors. And you might have understood and for sure you know how budget can affect results on the platform. But of course, it is not an unlimited resource for most brands. So one of the main approaches that we use at Bobsled when dealing with a limited budget, but still with the main focus being growth on the platform, is we really try to analyze the product as much as possible. We do in-depth keyword research, and we really want to focus with the client on understanding what keywords are really key to their business, to their product, to their company. And we really want to be as aggressive as possible on those specific keywords to grow there. Another good example, which is still connected to our ability of achieving the most impressions that we can gather on the platform is the share of voice analysis. So basically in order to achieve growth, through advertising, as I've said, we really need to be gathering as many impressions as we can. And preferably, we need to appear in better placements than our competitors as often as we can. So a good way to really understand this is to run a periodic share voice analysis. So what this share voice analysis tells us is it tracks a specific keyword and it ties it to our brand. And through a specific software, it tells us how many times we are appearing in paid search for that keyword out of the total pool of available impressions. And to do this at Bobsled, we partner with Backview, which is a really amazing reporting and optimization tool, which integrates directly with Instacart and can provide all of these insights really easily. So as I've said, we use PackView, we input the keywords that we want to track, and then PackView returns a table similar to the one you can see on the screen. So let's say here the data for the paid SOV is real. It comes from one of our clients, but of course, both the brand and the keyword have been altered so as not to make them identifiable. But yeah, you can see that for the keyword chips, brand A is currently gathering 20% of all available paid impressions. And in this example, our brand was, was actually brand C. So we were in third place with around 10%. And this analysis is very useful because we were able to see that we were very close to another close competitor by less than one percentage point. And this really helped us guide our decisions because this keyword was key to the product, key to our market. And we decided to create a specific campaign, allocate a additional budget to this keyword. And the results were, were actually great because over the course of one month, we were able to increase our presence by uh, three percentage points and overtake brand B. So as you can see, this is extremely useful to guide your decisions. And as an agency, we recommend doing this for our clients on a bi-weekly or monthly basis. And really this helps to understand where we can outperform our competition. So far we have focused, the previous two slides were mainly focused on growth. And I would like to 
start slowly transitioning to profitability as well. So in this slide, you can actually see a comparison of two scenarios. One is focused on growth and the other is focused on profitability. So in this example, we will discuss again the importance of bidding, the appropriate levels of bidding, but we will tie it to two different results. And in the table, you can see the performance of two T brands in terms of their main advertising KPIs over the same predefined time period. And the two brands are actually owned by the same company, and I'm responsible for managing both of their accounts. So brand A and brand B operate in the same category, but they have very different goals and characteristics. And this is because brand A is a much more mature brand with a healthy distribution network. And really the focus for this brand is to continue generating revenue and receiving sales at a profitable ROAS. So here profitability is key. Brand B, on the other hand, is a newly launched brand. So it doesn't have much brand awareness. It has a still young distribution network in stores, much lower compared to that of brand A, roughly 5% of that of brand A. And the main goal here is, of course, visibility, awareness, and initial growth with, of course, the understanding that there is a trade-off between growth and profitability. So what I would like you to focus your attention on is actually the last column where you see the cost per click values. So the cost per click values are directly related to how aggressive our bids are for the two brands. And brand A, which prefers profitability and has a strong distribution network, you can see that it is able to bid less aggressively and it ends up paying an average of 80 cents per click with a very good final ROAS of four. You can see the relationship between sales and spend in the table. On the other hand, brand B needs to really focus on getting those first impressions, those first sales. And given their weaker distribution network, which again, I remind you, it is around 5% of that of brand A, you may understand that the amount of available impressions for brand B is much lower than those available from brand A. So in this case, as an agency, we needed to make sure that our client for brand B won as many auctions as possible. And this could be only achieved through a very aggressive bidding strategy. So the results of this were actually amazing for us because if you calculate the proportion between the impressions that brand A received, almost 10 million, and then we apply the proportion of the distribution network size, which was 5% for brand B of the distribution network for brand A, the calculation for the theoretical available number of impressions would be of around half a million. But you can see in the table that we were able to close the month at 2.3 million. So we were actually able to exceed the initial theoretical projections by really focusing on some important keywords on bidding very aggressively. And the result was almost a 5x impressions compared to the initial projections. So what are the main takeaways and what's actionable for brands here? This was an example meant to show you how different bidding strategies, different 
levels of being aggressive with your bids in your campaigns is and in your accounts is. So if your main goal is visibility and growth, we really need to make sure that we are winning the premium placements on the platform. And this is done by higher bids. And as you can see, the ROAS is lower. On the other hand, if the goal is profitability, to achieve it, we might have to trade off visibility and share voice for ROAS by applying lower bids for our keywords. Now, in the next example, after comparing growth and profitability, I would like to have a slide dedicated only to profitability. And as we saw, one of the main parameters that affects profitability is our ability to drive repurchase rates to increase the customer lifetime value. So in the chart, you can see the cumulative value of an average basket size for a brand that we are currently managing after one month, three months, and six months after the first purchase done by a customer. So of course, this analysis pertains to a specific brand and the values will be different based on the brand and the product we are considering. But yeah, it gives you a good idea of how this cumulative value increases over time. So what can actually be done with this knowledge? In order to achieve a higher profitability, we really need to maintain our customer loyalty and be able to drive their repurchase rate. So to the first point, in order to achieve losing customers, first of all, we need to make sure that we have defensive campaigns set up in our advertising console. So let's say that a customer has found us in the past by using a generic broad term. He liked our product and the next time he shops, he actually remembers our brand name. But what happens if they actually search for our brand name and the first thing that pops up in the top paid placements is actually competitor products. This really is a risk for our brand to lose that customer that was actually interested to buy once again our product. So we really need to have a campaign at least to target our branded keywords. And this is awesome because it allows us to protect our real estate in terms of branded search terms. And it is also connected with a very high conversion rate, which in turn determines a higher profitability. Another tactic that we are currently using at Bobsled is Instacart display ads. So Instacart display ads is a new ad type that is currently available for a select number of accounts as a pilot program, but it should become available for all accounts on the platform in the future, most likely by the end of quarter two this year. So just to give you an overview, display campaigns consist of banners that appear at the top of the search results, and they can target people based either on keywords like feature products or by behavior, by audience. So one of the targeting options by behavior, by audience, allows us to target people who have bought from our brand in the past. And this is extremely useful and powerful because in this way, we are sure we are targeting and reaching people who are already familiar with our products. And this way we can really stimulate a higher repurchase rate. And from our experience, these campaigns are tied with a very good conversion rate as well. So in the next slide, we actually look at a couple of examples that pertain to display campaigns. 
And again, I wanted to make a comparison between growth and profitability, this time at the campaign level. So as you can see in the slide, we have campaigns A, A and campaigns B, which have two totally different goals. Both campaigns are targeting audiences based on behavior, but campaign A is focused on reaching people who shop regularly in our aisle, but have never bought from our brand. So they would be really first time buyers. We are focusing on growth here. Whereas campaign B is focused on targeting people who have bought from us in the past and consequently it aims at driving repurchase. So campaign A is in general able to spend much more easily because you can imagine we are reaching a very wide audience plus the conversion rate is not exceptional. So actually the campaign ROAS is affected as you can see it's 0.5. At the same time, however, this is super useful because we can be really sure that these are truly new to brand customers. And actually this low ROAS is a cost that we need to consider, we need to accept to be able to grow our customer base and achieve consistent growth. When considering campaign B on the other hand, you can see that we are able to spend much less because of course the number of people who have bought from our brand in the past are in lower numbers than the total pool of available impressions in the category. And the campaign being focused on driving repurchase rate, as discussed previously, is really performing well in terms of ROAS, as you can see, ROAS of 7 or 11 even. So this example was actually useful and I wanted to use it as a summary for the things that we have discussed earlier, that we believe that there are only two ultimate objectives. So by working on accounts from hundreds of clients, hundreds of brands across retail media channels, we really have learned that there is a trade-off between profitability and growth and brands really cannot serve two masters and they need to be able to understand what is the priority, allocate the budget accordingly and really focus on one of the two aspects. Kiri, Thanks. back to you. Thanks, Matteo. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of what to do now, there's a couple of things here. So as we've been talking about identifying objectives for each product, brand and shopping channel, like I said earlier, it is more than likely that you're going to have different objectives across your assortment and across different channels that you sell on or different places that you're advertising and trying to reach your shopper. So this piece is absolutely crucial. We can't do anything with metrics and key results until we actually understand what the objective is. In our experience, probably the number one area where brands fail is not knowing what the goal is we can't help them achieve a goal that is unknown. So don't accept vagueness here because it will sort of just come back to bite you when you achieve, for example, outstanding profitability on Instacart, but then you're harassed because your share of voice has not grown. Secondly is, as we've been talking about, identifying key results that are coherent with those objectives. We find that, unfortunately, often the most legible metrics are the ones that get the most focus by default. So consider that what metrics Instacart puts front and center in the console are the ones that are either 
easiest to produce or the ones that sort of help Instacart achieve its own goals or the ones that most other brands ask for. They're not necessarily the right key results for your brand, for your objectives. So I encourage you to be a little bit snooty with your key results and only focus on the ones that matter. And step three, educate. That's what we're all here for today. And a big focus of First Mover that I'm also really passionate about is creating change and leading our organizations, no matter what your position is. And on that point, I encourage you to check out a resource that First Mover developed and launched a little while ago called Sheared, which is really a call to arms for e-commerce professionals to lead the way and not accept the status quo. And as part of that last point, again, as Matteo mentioned, we have a two-page PDF that we'll send out to you after today's webinar. That's sort of a cheat sheet of all the objectives and key results that we shared going beyond the four examples that Matteo did a deep dive into. So look out for that in your inbox. Thanks for attending our session. And if you're interested in what we do at Bobsled, you can check us out at bobsledmarketing.com. Thank you so much.